As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And that is Empowered Living with Jeff Bird. Jeff is the owner of Jeffrey Bird Coaching, and he will be coming to you weekly to teach you more about Empowered Living. Now, let's join Jeff already in the studio. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeff Bird with Jeffrey Bird Coaching, and this is Empowered Living. Today, I'd like to share something with you, a story, a personal story, actually, that's very near and dear to me. And this is about a school that I accidentally founded in Pakistan back a few years ago. And uh, that seems to be an odd thing to say that someone accidentally founded a school, but that's exactly how it happened. Um, What happened is I received a friend request on Facebook from someone I hadn't seen in oh, probably over 25 years. And uh, I accepted their request, and through them, one of their connections was this man in Pakistan named Nakash Gill. And he was running an orphanage and a daycare there. And he found me through this mutual friend that I knew from my hometown, um, and he reached out to me. And we became friends, and he was a cha- he is a chatty guy. <laughs> he likes to message on Facebook, huh? And every time he saw me come online, he would shoot a message over, shoot a message, shoot a, shoot a message. So um, I thought, well, you know, you know what am I going to do? You know, he's such a nice guy. I don't want to unfriend him, but I don't have all my life to spend messaging on Facebook either. So I thought, what am I going to do? So I said, well, you know, um, he's got this orphanage and this daycare. You know, maybe I'll uh, uh, just send him a little bit of money to help out, buy some books or some supplies or something. So I sent him not much, $20, $25, something like that. 
And I thought maybe that would, uh, you know, quiet him down for a little while. Anyways, no, I was wrong. That encouraged him. <laughs> and he doubled up on the messages he was sending me and constantly chatting every day and wanting to talk and sending messages. And uh, so I thought, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, I really don't feel comfortable blocking him, uh, you know, because he's such a nice guy trying to do something so good in, in helping children. Um, you know, so I'd like to figure out a way to maybe support him. So it came to me just to, to try to ask some more questions and get a sense of what was going on over there uh, in his area in Punjab in eastern Pakistan. And as I asked him some questions, what I found out is that the children there do not have access to education. Um, Pakistan is not like the U.S. There's not a strong centralized government. Uh, what it is basically is it's broken up into territories and whoever owns the land is who everybody else works for. And in this particular area, uh, there were no government schools. The, the kids he was trying to help were, are very impoverished. And what, so what they were doing is they were working at brick kilns. That was the industry in their area as they have a lot of dirt there. And so what they were doing is they, they have these brick kilns. And so they, they get all of the children. I mean, from just the time that, that they can possibly do it, just a, a few years old in some cases, they get the kids and their families and they get them making bricks out of mud, with mold, by hand, from sunup to sundown for $1 a day. So in a lot of situations, you know, the, the families may owe these brick kiln owners for their houses, for everything, but they don't have another option to make money. They have to work because it's the only thing available to them for the wages that the brick kiln owners set. And so what happens is they just end up with generation after generation after generation of Families working in the brick kilns, making bricks for a dollar a day, sun up to sundown, and they just stay indebted and impoverished their entire lives. So when I heard that story, I thought, my, well, my goodness, you know, that's, that's horrific. That's horrific. And this kind of came to me. I wasn't looking for it. It kind of ended up on my plate and in my lap. And I thought, well, what, are, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, probably I can't do anything alone. Uh, it's a much bigger problem than just I can address. But I thought, well, maybe with some other people, we could do something. So as I, I chatted with my friend Nakash, I, um, I asked him, I said, well, you know, you speak a little bit of English, Nakash, and your sister's even more fluent than you. Is there any way that we can start teaching these children some English? Because I, I knew from the story in Singapore that the, the former prime minister, he, he's been gone, I think, about five years now, but that prime minister, in 50 years, he transformed Singapore. He took it from a little third world subsidiary of Malaysia and transferred it into a first-rate economic superpower. But the way he did that was he made English the primary language so that everybody there could learn English and have a chance to compete on the global market. And so I told him, I, I, I said, you know, maybe if we can teach these kids English, we can give them a chance to do something else, to find some other education, some other kind of job. I said, is there any place there that we could meet and just have a little school and the ones of you who know some English could teach what you know and maybe we could add to it. And he said, um, he said, no, no, there's not really any place for a school. I said, well, maybe there's somebody that has a house that would let us meet there. So he looked around and he found this man uh, who was willing to let us build a room onto his house and use it as a school room. So I did a, a, a raffle, an online raffle for a photo shoot, uh, sold tickets for that and put them in a drawing. And then some other people added some money. And we raised enough money to buy the materials to build this school room on or this extra room that to be used as a schoolroom onto this house. And, and they they made it. I remember it was, it was 115 degrees there. They were pulling materials, gravel on an ox cart, and mixing concrete. And 
it was it was laborious and they did it all by hand. I, I don't know how they accomplished that, but they got it done. And so we started teaching classes and not just English, but all the other curriculum that they would have gotten in a normal school education. And now, of course, this was not a government accredited operation. So what happened is Nakash was able to negotiate with the government and get them to let us teach the kids during the school year. And at the end of the year, let them come to the government school and take their exams. And if they pass the exams, get their diploma for that grade level. And so that's what we started doing. And everybody's been passing. They've been studying hard. They've been, they've been moving up and moving up. Um, but in order to get funds from outside the country, we had to get a provisional license from the government. Now, what we need to do is we need to become a government certified school, which we're very close to getting. They recognize what we're doing. They acknowledge it. Um, and when we're very close, if we become that, then that, that, enables us to broaden out and to help more schools. Right now, we've got about 50 kids enrolled. We, we have the opportunity of getting up to about 250 kids. And uh, through, through the pictures that you'll be seeing uh, as I talk, um, you can see some of the pictures of some of the students there. Uh, right now, the website is up, and you can see the picture of one little girl. And it states there that this, this is a, a, an epidemic. This is not just the kids that we help in Pakistan, but this is a global academic. It says there there's about four million of them. And I think maybe there's going to be some other photos coming up in a minute. Um, so you can see a picture of some of the kids at our school. And um, one of the one of the pictures is after the first year when we when we sent them to get their their uh, diplomas and take their exams and they're all back. And we did a little celebration of Children's Appreciation Day. And you can see about half of the kids. Yeah, there it is. Um, and you can see that's only about half of the kids that we now have. That was a couple of years ago when we did that. And, some of them weren't there because they still work in the brick kilns too, but then they're also able to take classes. So um, we we also got them together saying affirming things to each other. We realized, hey, we all need encouragement. We all need to have people affirm our true identity. Originally, uh, we had called the, the school, and I don't know how we came up with this, but they wanted to name it after my mom and I who helped get the school going and came up with the idea uh, after us. So it was called the Bird Brick Kilns. School. And then afterwards, I thought, well, that's a terrible identity. We don't want to affirm their identity as being brick kiln workers. We want to affirm who they really are. So we said they're leaders. So we changed the name to the Bird Young Leaders School because that's what they are. We got them uh, uh, sharing things, uh, uh, hold, holding up banners. Uh, yeah, this is the one um, where it says you are a leader and a world changer. You know, we want to get that thinking, get that identity, get that vision, cast that vision and get that picture in their minds of what they can do, not where they are but where they can be. And these young girls, you can kind of see in the background there, they're standing in front of the brickyard uh, where all of the bricks that are made by hand each day go go to dry. Uh, I think they're waiting going in the kiln there. But um, so we got them saying these kinds of things to each other. And uh, there they are up close. You were a leader and a world changer. And, um, uh, you know, this has been hard. It's been hard raising money. It's been hard getting support. We currently have uh, two full-time teachers now and the director, who's, who is my friend Nakash, and uh, we have about eight other adults that come in and uh, and help teach uh, in the various ways that they know. So here's one uh, where they're, they're learning the animal animal names. They're learning them in Urdu and in English. And uh, so, but that's our goal is to is to instill in them a vision that they can be more where they are to give them hope that they do not have to stay trapped in working in brick kilns for all of their life. Uh, that for a dollar a day, that that's not much hope. A family of five people will make a thousand bricks in a day for five dollars five dollars so they are working their butts off make and, and it's and, and they don't they don't take uh heat break days 
they don't work nine to five. They work sun up to sundown. So in the, in the summer, frequently it's well over a hundred degrees there and they're still making bricks. And even, even when they're, uh, and there's, there's a picture. That's Nakash there who's in the chair, uh, seated reading. And, um, one of the other teachers with some of the kids there in the, in the schoolroom. Because we now, um, what happened is after the end of that first year, uh, in that room that we built on that man's house, he, he had worked at the brick kilns all his life, and they started putting pressure on him. They got worried that they were going to lose their next generation of slave labor. So they started pressuring him, and um, ultimately we think he just they just paid him off to kick us out. So at the end of the first year, he actually kicked us out. We were like, well, what are we going to do now? So miraculously, another brick kiln owner saw what was happening and allowed us to move the school into his own office until we were able to... Uh, raise the money and it took probably i think it was about another year and a half it took until we could raise enough money to buy a small piece of property in our own building so nobody could kick us out again but uh we certainly need much better you can you can kind of see see there what it looks like we we could use some better facilities and we could accommodate teaching a lot more people with that and with the government registration so um um what i want to um to share with you today is, is, is we're getting close being able to get government certified and registered as a school, which will help us. And then that will allow us to connect with other organizations outside of Pakistan who can provide other resources. I've talked to some of the organizations and they won't have anything to do with them unless they're government registered. It's just too difficult to get the money in there. Jeff will be back shortly to wrap up today's message. This is Gabriela, still on the scene today with Top Network Radio. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Empowered Living with Jeff Bird. If you've missed any part of today's message, you can hear it again online, as well as the entire archive of Empowered Living at www.topnetworkradio.com or search keyword hashtag empowered living we would like to acknowledge our music partners sound ideas for corporate to the max and kevin mcleod for airport lounge any scriptures read during this broadcast are from the new american standard version of the holy bible if you would like to learn more about jeffrey bird coaching visit www dot jeffbirdcoaching.com that is j-e-f-f-b-y-r-d coaching.com do a facebook search for at coaching rocks or drop jeff a line at jeff at jeffbirdcoaching.com again j-e-f-f-b-y-r-d coaching.com let jeff's coaching rocks be the building blocks of your empowered success now Let's go back to Jeff for the rest of today's message. So this uh, this is the page on the website. This is the donate page. Right now, uh, a little bit of money from the U.S. goes a long way there, but it's just hard getting that. You know, there's so many needs around the world, and I understand that. I'm I'm hit with you know many many requests every month, and I understand that every need uh, is not a calling, but this has definitely felt like a calling to me. And so it's something I want to invite you, um, if, if, this, if this connects with you, if this touches you, um, the, uh, we're only about, about $600 and some change away from having enough money to become government registered and to continue helping these kids. And um, this is, the again, the page on the website. You can go to the website. It's, um, it's just BIRD, and that's with a Y, B-Y-R-D, YoungLeadersSchool.com, BIRD, Young Leaders School dot com 
And if you go there, you can read the stories. You can read about this brick kiln slavery issue uh, globally, how it impacts lives, how it hinders the lives and keeps them from developing. It takes away all hope of a better future. And you can also go to the donate page where you can uh, make a one-time or a monthly donation there. Like I, like I said, any, any help is a lot of help. You know, these teachers, they work all month long teaching these kids for under $100 a, day, a month salary. And uh, uh, some things are just as expensive there as they are here. We tried to get them a camera a few years back, and we thought, well, I thought, well, maybe it would be cheaper over there. No, they're just as expensive. Electronics are just as expensive. Other things are just as expensive. They don't have air conditioners. Sometimes I've talked to, to them when it was 115 degrees, uh, and they didn't have air conditioners. So if it gets too hot, they have to cancel school. But... If, if this connects with you, like I said, if, if you would go online to, again, birdyoungleaderschool.com and uh, click on click on that link, on that donate, donate link, and be willing to help us with this, um, again, a little bit here turns into a lot over there. And just know that if you do decide to partner with us in this way, you, you are changing lives and potentially communities, nations, who knows how that one thing impacts other nations? You know, my accepting that one friend request on Facebook, I had no idea that starting a school in Pakistan would come out of that. And uh, like I say, it's been an uphill battle, but together, you know, one, uh, John Maxwell says one is too small a number to achieve great. You know, what, what we can do together it always exceeds what we can do alone. And there's a quote, there's a picture uh, of a young, very young child sitting there uh, in the brick kiln yards. Um, and that, that's, that's not uncommon because the parents, they, they can't afford daycare. Uh, and uh, so they have to take the, the very young children with them and they're just, they're in the dirt, uh, while the parents make bricks all day long. And, uh, this is one such child. And, uh, this quote by Malala, if you know Malala, she, she was Pakistani born. Uh, she's one of the greatest influencers in the world. She was the cover of Time magazine back a couple of years ago for the 100 most influential people in the world and she's from Pakistan and she called out you know, because she she was she's an outspoken activist at only I don't know how old she is now maybe 20 uh, but she's outspoken uh, in, in the United Nations and around the world uh, for the right to women women's education she actually celebrated her 18th birthday by opening a school for Syrian girl refugees and enrolled 200 young women in the school for Syrian refugees on her 18th birthday and that that's quite a meaningful way to celebrate an 18th birthday uh, it's a far cry from what most of us do here, but uh, but wow, what else better to do? And she said here, as you see in the quote with the child, that it's so hard to get things done in this world. You try, and so often it doesn't work, but you have to continue, and you never give up. And that's what we're committed to with the school in Pakistan. Uh, it's been difficult. They've gotten pushback from their community. They've gotten religious pushback. They've gotten... Um, just push back from the people who don't want to see these children grow up and do better and uh, like this young girl study and learn so that she can grow up and do something better than work in brick kilns all her life making brick uh, with no hope and little ability to influence other people positively. Um, so that's what we're committed to is to continuing to give these kids a chance so that they can develop themselves, make it out of the slavery condition and have lives and lives that impact the world. So I hope you'll consider joining us. Um, and again, birdyoungleaderschool.com, and uh, there's the donate page there. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me tell this story about this opportunity that came to me and that I feel that I'm called to be a part of. And again, I hope you'll join me in 
this calling to and making a difference, uh, you know, in a way that we can, that not that many people know about, that will make a huge difference in others' lives. So, thank you so much. I'm Jeff Bird, Jeffrey Bird Coaching. This has been Empowered Living. God bless you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.